It's me, John. And me, Louise. And we've got great ideas, and we're never going to do them, no. uh, which is why you're listening to this. You know what's up. You know that we've all got these awesome ideas that we're just never going to do. You tell but all the your... first step is admitting, and sharing would be right. the second step. Sh- yeah. Well, I mean, there's been a zillion times that I know that I've been like, oh my God, I've got this awesome idea. I'm going to do this, and then everybody's just like, cool, can't wait. But in their heads, they're just like, he's never going to do it. Um, but yeah, so this is the podcast where we talk about all the things that we think that are, are going to be these amazing ideas. Maybe they'll make us zillions of dollars, but in all reality, never going to do them. Um, but yeah. I also sometimes think about how much like a soda bottle or a champagne bottle I am and how you think about this a lot I do I do and and it comes out in the form of a Cat Stevens tune where I can't keep it in I can't something and I gotta let it out I don't really know all the words but most Mm -hmm. of them um yeah it's just it's better out than in that's how I feel about a lot of things Mm -hmm. okay mostly ideas mostly ideas right they're better uh, out than in. Th- this is true. Um, I I had an idea for something last night for um, so I work for for the listeners who don't know. I work for a magazine. It's a very small magazine, uh, pretty new, and we're kind of in a stage right now where we're just like these are all the things that we're gonna do, and we're actually trying to make a lot of them happen. And I had this idea for something last night, and I'm just like, oh, I'm totally gonna pitch that. But it's one of those, like, you're up at, um, like, past midnight, and you're just, like, laying in bed, and you can't go to sleep, and, like, this thing pops in, and you're just like, yeah, yeah. And then, you know, if it was up to me, these things would probably happen, but because there's other people that I work with and work for, ideas will probably get squashed. Maybe I will talk about this idea if it does get squashed uh, in the future, but, like... It's we're we're moving into m- different forms of multimedia, so like visual forms of entertainment and even a podcast and things like that. So, um, and personal I'll, question for yes? you: Do you trust your own judgment after midnight? Is that is that a time where you could be like, oh yes, and then come nine a.m. noon the next day, you're like. It depends. Or- I mean, the uh, the idea that I had last night, I think, is something that it was more realistic that it was going to happen in my head last night. And then this morning, I was like, I think that it's mostly just the like self-doubt where it's just like, yeah, you know what? I don't think they're going to go for it. But that's what would prevent me from bringing it up. And it would never happen, or there wouldn't be any chance of it happening. But it's one of the things where it's like, hey, maybe we could do this and find a way to make this work. And it's like, if it doesn't work, you know, we tried. And it's not like it was too much of a commitment. So I know I'm being so vague about it, but... uh, No, that's totally cool, because I'm, like, learning new little idiosyncrasies about you that after 15 years friendship... I still am having a good time learning because I feel, and I know that you know this about me, uh-huh. that if I have one of these epiphany ideas at a time where maybe my judgment is not the clearest, mm-hmm. that even in my doubt, I'll be like, well, we got to do it because uh-huh. even if it's self-sabotage, we got to find out for sure. <laughs> yeah. You know, I think that just the thing that makes this different from normal things where it's like, we should start a podcast or we should do this or we should do that. This is like, you know, part of my job. So it's a, a little bit different where things have to maybe be done in a, in a different way than I would probably do them if I was just doing them on my own. 
I don't know. Like like comedy in the immigration or customs line. Could be sure. funny, but you might want a second. Yeah. Step that. <laughs> might not work out so great for any for everybody. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so you were just in Mexico. I was. So how was it? What were you doing out there? Um, Mexico was my very first friends trip where, I mean, I guess that's not exactly true, but okay, let me start over. The way that I vacation Mm -hmm. is more intense than the way I live regular life. You live life in a very intense fashion. I know. You're a spin instructor. That's That's as intense as it gets. Yeah. And uh, usually when I am, at least in college, I scheduled out my days in 10 minute increments. Like this is when I will be eating breakfast and this is when I will be driving to and from campus. And this 10 minutes is when I will be parking my car. And like I was very, very regimented in that uh-huh. way. And then in regular life, I'm a spin instructor. I live in New York City. I am bopping around from a million jobs and activities and seeing friends every day mm-hmm. and going back and forth to take my dog for a run or go outside or whatever. Um, however, <laughs> on vacation, I will make a Trello board for those of you that don't no Trello. It's an amazing app. Shout out to Trello. Most people <laughs> use it for um, to-do lists, but it can be used as a Pinterest for to-do lists. So you could have recipe boards or lists. You could I use them for vacation. You could uh-huh. do with them whatever creative thing that you could do. But to bring it back around on vacation, I will make a list like Monday is a travel day. I need, these are my flight numbers and information. This is what I'm wearing on the travel day. And when we get there, for instance, like Japan, you, we left at a certain time, but when we got there, it was like different day. Mm -hmm. So we like had the same day that you would change your clothes and then go to this sightseeing thing. But then also the next day, get up at like five in the morning. So I, I want to see things. I want to do things. And I feel like when I come back from vacation, I need a vacation from my vacation. Uh-huh. That's, that's how I feel. So to long-winded response, Mexico was my first go somewhere, sit, do nothing. Okay. All right. Vacation. Because even when I have gone to tropical climates in the past – it has either been for work. So I, everybody's like, oh, you're going to the Caribbean. And I'm like, well, yes, but I'm working 22 hours a day uh-huh. because I am with children. Or, right. <laughs> or, this is your nannying job, not your spin job. Just to, right. For those who but are how confused. how amazing would that be if somebody was like, I need to bring my spin instructor to my yacht. Right? <laughs> yes. And then you just have to pedal for 22 hours. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, no, boy. Um. So this was my first vacation with friends to just chill. Okay. And it was in honor of someone's birthday, but unbeknownst to me, their birthday was a month ago and the birthday was planned weirdly. And then a different friend ended up having their six year wedding anniversary, like a few days before. So we were like, happy birthday, congratulations, happy anniversary. Is it common to have friend trips for birthdays? The way this came about, to my knowledge, was uh, for the past number of years, it's just been some random bar on the Lower East Side and everybody kind of comes. And now friends are scattered to the wind, whether it's Los Angeles or Florida or... Okay, so so everybody is someplace different, so it's just Right, it was kind of like, let's But man, that's... I mean... I, you know, I have friends in all different countries and it's just like, I'll send them a text. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I think it was also, uh, we didn't stay at a resort or anything. We sort of Airbnb'd a house and went to the grocery store and it was really great. It was not without stutter, (laughs) but 
we had like rented a car and one of the tires was like super low and then we kind of got lost trying to find the house and um I mean a million things but you cannot beat sunshine ocean sand I I am not a super beach baby mm-hmm. and sometimes sunlight hurts <laughs> um but this was just it, it reminds you to just sometimes take a step back and reevaluate what you think about purpose or happiness. Um, and I don't know, my boyfriend got a massage on the beach and he was like, it was so cool and interesting to get a massage and not have the sound be a recording piped through speakers. Right. A recording of the ocean. Yeah. Yeah. And the breeze coming off the water and nothing like that. So was your brain too shut off to come up with any great Mexico-related ideas? Hmm. Mexico-related. If you didn't you think know, of any, you I didn't think of any. I don't know if I did, but I got to be honest with you. I did not feel relaxed and at ease until the morning like the morning of our flight home of course it took me that amount of time to let go of a lot of neuroses Mm -hmm. before i had to get them right back (laughs) that's how it happens it's just how it works i mean if anything the idea that i came up with and and you know this about me but i'll just tell the listeners i deal with things in a very Phoenix kind of way. Uh-huh. Like, I would rather fucking burn that shit up. Oh. We can, All right. We can say that. I guess we're going to... Yeah, just for one second, censored. Um, <laughs> yeah, I would rather torch it and mm-hmm. start from start from the bottom. Because I, I firmly believe, like, I cannot go back and change what happened. I can adjust now, but you can't keep punishing me for something that's gone. I feel bad about I it. That. I said I was sorry. Let's move on. Um, so, uh, if anything, we had swings at the house. And uh-huh. I was on the swing. And I was like, it, you know, then a different time I changed to the hammock. And I was like, you know, I feel like I hold a lot of stuff in. And... Sometimes I do it for self-preservation. Like, if I said what I really thought, this is also coming from a girl who has a very, like, small filter anyway. Like, Uh I normally just, like, blurt out what I want to say and then regret it immediately. Uh (laughs) Um, But I was like, wow, it would be a really, really great idea, social experiment, to just for 24 hours, no filter, Mm -hmm. just speak a powerful truth and see like who loves me for me really who's gonna stick around who's gonna forgive me who's gonna because I think a lot of us not just me we waste a lot of energy and time because we're so grabbing at straws like trying not to fuck up when really if we just fucked up then you can be like sorry I fucked up yeah I'm a human being so one of the great ideas, or what I thought was a great idea, and newsflash, I'll probably never do it, but I want to do it, <laughs> would be just 24 hours of speaking a powerful truth, even hmm. if it's destructive, because let's burn that shit up and then start from the bottom. I guess you could try it out like in a safe space, you know, if you're <laughs> not doing your normal daily routine and, you know, maybe... Like, let's say you're out visiting me and, you know. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, what's the worst that could happen? Cut to. <laughs> yeah. uh, no, but, Same you know, it's, it's, worth a, it's worth a shot. At least maybe trying it out for like two hours and like, yeah. you know, dipping a toe in the water that way. Yeah. Because side story, which applies. <laughs> I, I think someday I, I will be hurt by this, but I'm on the train. And the door's open. Somebody cracks open their carton of whatever, street meat, I don't know, start shoveling their... And I'm like, do not eat on the train. And I'm mm-hmm. thinking it in my head. I'm like, you know, my voice goes down. I'm like disgusted. Um, 
The smell is everywhere. And they finish and close the carton. And then the doors open when you get to the next stop. Mm-hmm. And they shove the cart, the carton, like the styrofoam, between the platform no. and the doors. And I'm such an asshole. I immediately, without even thinking, I'm like, that is not a trash can. Like screaming at a stranger on the train because I'm that psycho. And um, that person was not mentally stable, but I didn't know that Ooh. until after I shouted at them. <laughs> yeah. So there is a, I understand that there is a time to zip it. It's or just change not the all tone. times are that clear. Yeah, because yeah. if it's, you could stay yeah. that, but in different ways. I know that it's either it's like, not natural but also it's me. either like it comes out all like that, or if you think about it too much, it's like, I know I can't say anything. Yeah. Yeah. So there's no, there's no polite way of doing it. There's just, it's just not happening. No. And, and, and that was me trying to keep it in. <laughs> right. So, so yeah, that was a great idea that I want to do. Just speak, speak my mind and not, not feel trapped by mm-hmm. society. Well, you did mention something earlier that got my gears turning when you were talking about being on a swing in a hammock, do they have like swing hammocks? You know, like hammocks that you go into for the purpose of swinging? Like maybe. Like maybe more like a chair instead of a banana? Yeah. <laughs> so that you could actually swing your feet? I don't know. Maybe. I mean, or. It's... They should make those. Yeah, they should. Not us. They should, whoever they is, they should do that. We won't, we won't, some sort of, some sort of hammock that, you know, gives you more of a rocking motion. Maybe it's just, you know, kind of like a perpetual motion thing where just kind of like using like weights or something will give you the gentle rock, the sensation that maybe you're on a boat, you know? I like that. Yeah. Oh man. So did you ever go, uh see my brother Scott that when he lived on that boat did you no. know about this all right no my brother Scott lived on a a ferry boat that was um yeah he is on the Hudson River on the Hoboken side and it was it's owned by these really fantastic uh furniture and textile designers um if you go on um on YouTube and type in most extreme homes, Mackenzie Childs or Yankee Ferry, then you will find uh, an HGTV show that was done about this that features, well, my brother's in it at some point. But yeah, it's it was built in like 1907. It served in both world wars. It was an Ellis Island ferry boat. Like there, it was crazy, yeah. So whenever, wow. and Scott lived there for free because he was the caretaker of the boat. And whenever I would be in town and I would be staying anywhere in the area, I'd got, got to stay on the boat. And he had a hammock. He lived in the captain's quarters, so I would sleep on the hammock. Yeah. That's awesome. It was really fun. And it was real nice getting just like gently rocked to sleep. Yeah. yeah. Similarly to getting gently rocked to sleep, I, as we've spoken of, super, super intense person. When I was working on a cruise ship is when I discovered the value of naps. Oh, yeah. But I was the kind of kid in like, I don't know, daycare or whatever, where they'd put cats out and be like, all right, it's time for nap time. And I'd be like, no, it <laughs> isn't. I like worked out deals with the, with the people who worked there. Uh-huh. Like, I will lay down. I will close my eyes. If you scratch my back, I won't wake up any of the other kids. And <laughs> once they're all asleep... If you let me get up, I will play quietly by myself. But I do not like naps. I do not take naps. That's not me. But on the cruise ship, I was like, you know, I could really go for a good nap right now. <laughs> gently, getting gently rocked. Yeah, it's it was, nice. It's nice. It's real nice. If only we could find a way to have houses that can gently rock. <laughs> Mm, probably not that sounds like a terrible idea file that one under terrible ideas um 
So I, I had a really great idea several years ago that I felt like as soon as we decided to do this, I was like, oh my God, I have got to bring up this. And there's a few other this, that are fall under the same category, but I could save those for another time. But um, for our listeners, I used to work in uh, reality television and I was a, uh, I, a producer and I did, um, it's what's called story producing. So it's taking all the things that happen and finding the interesting stories and kind of chiseling out all of the stuff that doesn't matter and keeping in the interesting stuff. And, you know, uh, basically I did the thing that everybody says, reality TV is so fake and it's all your fault. Like it was all my fault, but it's not fake in the way that you think. It's just you know, we carve out the things that don't matter. It's not like you're seeing things happen in real time. Anyway, um, I also dabbled in development. I had a show that um, I pitched around to different uh, production companies. The way that it usually works is you um, pitch ideas to production companies who then will buy your idea from you and whatever deal you make with them, you can be involved or maybe you just sell the idea and then that's that. Maybe you get uh, some more money once the show is on the air and all that kind of stuff. Um, but I had a partner and we were we had pitched a show that was bought by a production company and the show is called The, um, the Real Golden Girls of Beverly Hills. Did I ever tell you about this, Louise? I don't remember it if you did. Okay. This is gold mine. Go yeah. on. Okay. So uh they bought it. The this was years ago, so the I think that the like they own it from me forever. Um and I think that they're they have tried to do shows similar to this, but that haven't worked. But this production company never actually I uh, was able to sell this to a network. Um, but it was basically a group of women uh, who live in Beverly Hills who are all, um, they are people who have been famous from maybe the 70s and now they're uh, in their, like, they're in their 70s or their 80s and they hang out with each other and they drink and they go to events and they don't like Any this cheesecake? one and don't like that one. Uh, in my dreams. So, uh, yeah. it's Beverly Hills. Let's get serious. Yeah, seriously. Um, raw gluten-free vegan cheesecake, and which sounds delicious. Bite. Yeah. And only just a, a sniff of it just to get a little yeah. bit of the aroma. Um, so yeah, so I did this development type stuff for a little bit and, I uh, I was working with a friend of mine named Michael Brownlee, Michael Brownlee. What's up, dude? And he and I uh, used to live like a block away from each other. So we would carpool into work together and we would come up with crazy ideas. And sometimes it would be crazy ideas for TV shows because we both worked in reality television. And one of them that we had is called uh, Put Your Money Where Your Mouth Is. And I talked to him about this and... We just we agreed we're never going to make this happen. If any of you people out there want to try to make this happen, I'd love it if you did. It'd be great. How is this not already okay, a thing? Okay, so Put Your Money Where Your Mouth Is is a show where real uh, people who are maybe uh, in, the, in the public spotlight, maybe they're athletes or actors or something, uh, they have done something where people on the internet are very upset. Say, for example, uh, Paul Feig has made this new Ghostbusters movie with a female cast, and there is a giant uproar about it, and people on the internet are talking a lot of smack. And let's say, for example, somebody says, like, if, if someone would let me make a Ghostbusters movie, I would do it right. That's the show. Put your money where your mouth is. Paul Feig, the director of Ghostbusters, goes knocks on this guy's door and says, "All right, 
let's do it. Let's make your Ghostbusters. Let's see how you do. And puts his money where math is. Or let's say, for example, there's a football game and there's a referee who makes a call that people don't like or agree with. People on, on the internet are saying some pretty nasty things. Knock, knock, knock on the door. The referee shows up and says, you think that you can do my job better than I can? Let's see it happen. And like put them on a field with professional football players and, you know, reenact the whole thing and, you know, see what they do. And, you know, it, could, it doesn't have to be like a super high budget thing. Uh, you just have to get the right people involved. And, uh, you I know. I feel like this is incredibly high stakes. There is yeah. like money on the line. There is glory on the line. There is humiliation that will inevitably ensue. I, I mean, because in the heart of all of us, I think we really do want somebody to have a brilliant idea for us to doubt it a little bit and then for them to like rise up triumphantly Mm -hmm. so that like together we can all sort of feel that. I'm like stunned. (laughs) Because you know that Joe Schmo from the flyover states is going to put on the stripy uniform Uh and he's going to go out on the green and he's going to just make horrible decisions. Oh yeah. It's going to be real bad. The whole stadium is going to be mad. The teams are going to be mad. And the only way that it could really work is if it like, obviously not the Super Bowl. But it couldn't oh, yeah. be. It doesn't even like have to be a, a friendly game. It doesn't have to be a real game. It can just be, you know, because like a scrimmage or something. Well, something like that. But you it's, can hear the disappointment. In I know, voice. but I mean, think about it this way: Who doesn't want to see an internet troll get put in their place? And who in the that pub, too? Who that's been in the spotlight hasn't been um, mocked by a, an internet troll? who doesn't know what they're talking about and wouldn't know what to do if they were put in the positions that we'd want to put them in. So, yeah. I mean, so it's like, yeah. This is a great idea. (laughs) I mean, like, this is just really great. Well, if anybody out there... I would watch TV, I would watch this. (laughs) Yeah, right? It's... Yeah, it's just the idea of internet trolls getting uh, put in their places is really satisfying. So if anybody out there wants to make this all happen, go for it. You can get in touch with us for any anything that you want to talk about, greatideapodcast at gmail.com, or you can call us on our voicemail hotline, 304-804-IDEA. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but that sounds like it's the end of the show, but man, oh man, is it not? Because it's just leading into an actual voicemail that we got. Um, we got one on the last episode and I have a feeling that this one is going to be pretty dang good. Are you ready, Louise? I'm ready. Okay, here we go. Holy crap. I can't believe believe this is real that's my um that's my thing and that's another great idea anyway hey this is jeff so um i always had an idea about starting a basically a consulting firm for like like let's say i wanted to go buy a car and i don't want to negotiate or find the best package or whatever i could go to this consulting firm and bring along a guy for a girl for five hundred dollars who knows how to negotiate a better price on a car knows what to look Hmm. for in a car um, can help me get the right packages without getting taken by the guy that sells everything after you've already agreed to buy the car. Same thing with diamonds. So, like, like I'm going to go shopping for an engagement ring. I can go spend $500 and have this person come with me and tell me how to buy the right thing. I think it would be awesome for so many different types of large purchase decisions like cars and jewelry and um, art and that kind of stuff. But, quite frankly, I'll never do it. So, there you go. That is a really good idea. That is brilliant. And to bring it back around to Mexico for just one second. Uh-huh, go ahead. We, we had a friend who uh, 
consequently lives in Mexico City, Mm -hmm. who joined us in Tulum. And we were sort of going around to some of the shops and, you know, looking at things, trying on things, but inevitably not buying anything because the price was too high. And when he met up with us at dinner, he was like, oh, well, that's because you guys are tourists. Oh, yeah. Like, let me go with you. And he went with it. I didn't go to the store, but he went with a couple of our party down the way a little bit. And Mm -hmm. basically, they got like seven or eight different things for what the price of one of them would have been. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, God, if you could just always have somebody like a local or, or... Somebody that's incredible though. Cars, diamonds, houses. Oh yeah, houses. Well, yeah. I think that that's for houses. That's kind of your realtor's job is to do the negotiations. Okay. Yeah. Question then. Mm-hmm. What about like your broker if you're getting an apartment to rent? Somebody yeah, to negotiate, you, because that's not, it's a little different. Right, than- that's different. I, I mean, regarding apartment rental prices, how negotiable is that type of thing? I, it's been a while since I've rented, and usually it's been like, this is the price, and it's like, okay, cool. I mean, I've heard stories of people losing apartments when everything was perfect, like their Mm -hmm. credit check, their referrals, like everything was in order. And someone who maybe had a different broker who offered more than they offered, even though they were the first person Uh and the other person got their apartment. So I don't know how it would work logistically, whether it would just somebody who would freeze all other fighters or if it's, um, you know, somebody's broker fee is X percent and you're like, give me a break. I did all this work. I was the right. one that found this. I was the one that did this. I, I don't know. I'm just throwing it out into the universe. No, I was thinking for sure. of other big purchases yeah. besides cars and diamonds. Yeah. I mean, well, cars and like high end jewelry, those are things that you can certainly negotiate with, but it's, it's tough. And it's a stressful situation. So, yeah, Especially I see where Jeff is not... coming from. And thank you so much, Jeff, for calling, by the way. Thanks, Jeff. Uh, it's th- also, like, not a cultural thing that Americans do. Like, we're right. not a bartering culture. Right. Yeah. This is the price. You pay it or you don't buy it. Right. So, yeah, I mean, for those things specifically, that is for sure a, uh, a great idea. And I kind of like the flat fee too. He was like, "I'll pay this." Right. Yeah. Well, you want to make sure. Cool too. You just want to make sure that what you're paying isn't going to be more than the discount that you would be getting (laughs) from your uh, your consultant or your broker. Um, I mean, I mean, maybe there is something out there that's like this. I don't know. I've never heard of this before, but uh, I bet there are people that that do this somewhere. I don't know. If not, people can start doing it. Um, And we also have an email, and I want to say it's probably from the same Jeff. Uh, So this one says, I don't know if I'd call this a great idea, but I've always wanted to set up a giant flash mob that that only flash mobs, that only flash mobs already existing, flash mobs, this is written in such a confusing way. I've always wanted to set up a giant flash mob that only flash mobs already existing flash mobs and out flash mobs them. Okay. Uh, so, for example, one is scheduled to show up at X location with 50 people and four 200-watt speakers. I'd show up to their flash mob with eight 400-watt speakers and 150 people and flash mob their flash mob. Wow. Uh, go for it. Battle of the flash mobs. How do you find out about flash mobs? Do you have to... It's got to be an inside job. There's got to be a mole. There's got to be a mole. Yeah. Who's going to be that mole? How Can you live with yourself if you were a, a flash mob mole? <laughs> FM squared. Like, you could be with your grandkids and they'll just 
you know, you'll be on your like deathbed and your family's all around and they're just like, I feel like we, we didn't know everything there is to know about you. You've always felt like you've been hiding something and I just, nothing ever seemed completely right. Like I just need to know. And it's like, I used to be a flash mob mole uh, and then die. (laughs) That would weigh on you forever. Being a flash mob mole. Um, but yeah, that'd be cool. Have you ever seen a flash mob? Have you been in a flash mob? I have been in a flash mob. I knew it. It was a small mob. Mm -hmm. It was a small mob and it was, uh, at a wedding. Okay. Um, I have seen them. Uh Uh-huh. I thought in New York they happened more. It was a dancing one. Yeah. It was like a, a full fledged, uh, what, what? What am I trying to say? I'm like making weird hand movements, but uh, like a battle in Grand Central between like good and darkness, Harry Potter style. Okay. Got it. Interesting. Uh, And also at Grand Central, which happens to be like, I don't know, everybody's favorite place to do such things um, where people are walking around their daily lives and they just freeze. Mm -hmm. So... It's like you see people moving, but you see people not moving. Right. I bet that's a really hot spot for flash mobs. It yeah. reminds me, did you ever see the movie The Fisher King? No. Oh, really fantastic movie. Um, in this, Robin Williams plays a man who uh, has a very serious mental disorder uh, that happened after his wife died. His wife was killed. Um, and he is finding happiness again and he's in grand central station and in his mind and this is what you see everybody that's there starts ballroom dancing because that's how he feels inside um so yeah that's kind of flash mommy so the grand central station is just like such a good spot for it i guess any so whimsical and grand it really is it really is so yeah that area is just ripe for flash mobs um, yeah, mm-hmm. Jeff, flash mob your brains out. I want to read this in the news. Yeah. <laughs> flash mob taken down by another flash mob tonight at 11. Imagine that. Um, <laughs> yeah, I like that. Uh, I like that too. Uh, so I want to put the call out to all you listeners out there. Leave us those voicemails at 304-804-IDEA. Send us emails, greatideapodcast at gmail.com. I think we got time for a couple more ideas. Do you have any little ones that you, you want to hmm. bring up? Sure. Uh, you know, they're, they're in the category of not-so-great ideas, if okay. that's cool. Um, I was... Thinking back on previous things I'd said, I'm kind of an alarm hound. Like, I just am into being reminded things. Okay. And one night, a couple of weeks ago, stone cold sober, just having a night, you know, just not crazy, not out of the ordinary. And I waltzed into the bedroom and jammies on, got into bed and, like, turned off the lights and was like, I am not going to brush my teeth tonight because I'm an adult and I don't want to. <laughs> like, <laughs> and I laid there for about, I don't know, 45 seconds and was like, Ugh. <laughs> all right, fine. And I like got up and brushed my teeth. But I was like, you know what would be super helpful is if there was like a little like buzzer or alarm on my toothbrush holder that if it sat there for too long without being picked up because I'm Mm. a two times a day type of brusher and I think three times could probably be helpful sure I feel like that could be a good thing um P.S. That's not a normal thing for me. I usually really, really love brushing my teeth and the ritual of doing it and the way that it feels it is tasty and I feel too like pride in taking care of myself mm-hmm. I like I don't even know what came over me that night but I was like forget this <laughs> not gonna do it I'm old enough I don't have to sure and then like and and then while I was brushing my teeth was like you know if I just had a little reminder 
that would be really great. Um, thus, the not so great category. <laughs> I think that there are, yeah, I think that there are toothbrushes that maybe they connect to your phone or something with, with Bluetooth. And I, I wonder if they let you know, like, dude, y'all's gots to brush your teeth. It's um, time. It's time. Um, yeah, I don't know. I I always enjoy brushing my teeth, and whenever I have realized that I have forgotten, I'm like so disappointed. I'm like, no, I got to do it right now. I enjoy it. It's great. If I know that I'm not going to be like eating anything right away, it's going to be awesome. Um, yeah. Uh, let me see if I have any. Un- Can I share someone else's? Sure. Not so great oh, idea? yeah, of course. Okay, I don't know whose idea it was, um, and I hope it wasn't an onion headline because uh-huh. now I can't even remember how I found out about it. But I am a nail biter. Oh, I yeah. have been since I had teeth. It is my New Year's resolution every single year to stop, and I can't. Um, I was on a camping trip with my dad once and he got so frustrated with me that he shoved my hands in the minnow buckets for anybody Uh. who's ever been fishing. Um, the minnow bucket is where you have the live tiny fish that you use to catch the bigger fish with. And not all of those tiny fish can stay alive in that tiny bucket. So there are dead ones floating. There are lives ones swimming. And he stuck my fingers in that bucket and like the little shit that I was pulled them out. Hands right in my mouth, uh, full of spite, full of spite. Um, I have tried uh, hot sauce. I have tried bitters. Mm-hmm. I've tried, like, uh, the nail polish that right. tastes bad. I have tried um, hypnosis and... Well, you've actually uh, done hypnosis. It's, well, not guided by another person. Okay, so like, it's like... I guess meditative. or something? Hip- yeah. Yeah, got it. Um... I, if, you know, if it really mattered, I guess I would pay somebody to try to help me. Uh, there is now a shock bracelet that you can wear. Um, the idea behind it, and I can't remember, I think it's called Pavlock. Okay. Like Pavlov's yeah, dog, yeah. but a lock. And you can set it up to self-inflict, or you can set it up that someone else on their phone can mm. hit it. Um, but the idea is, this is a good feeling like this is pattern this is like every time you do it you get this sensation this like feedback in your brain these chemicals are released and if you get shocked when it happens it's it will like reverse pavlov like if you do that bad things will happen Uh so don't do it and you won't have to worry about it um people just like a shock collar for a dog yeah and it's not enough to like really electrocute you but certainly powerful enough to like not feel good so Anyway, tried tons of things. That's next on my list, even though that sounds kind of masochistic. But um, bringing it back to not-so-good ideas. KFC... Oh, I saw this. ...has released a nail polish that tastes like chicken, and it's called Finger Licking Good. Mm -hmm. And if that doesn't want to make you vom in the back of your throat, I don't know what does. This is, like, not even a not-so-great yeah. idea. I'm going to go ahead and write this down as a disgusting. It's just a gross idea. But you actually reminded me of... This is an idea that, like... I don't know how you would make this happen, but it's it it's very similar to that. Um, you'll see why. Anyway, uh, if I was thinking, like, if there's a way... Okay, for anybody who doesn't know, I think I might have mentioned it in one of the previous episodes... But I am what some would call an animal activist, animal rights activist. Um, not like in any extreme ways. I don't. Uh, I don't do protests or anything like that. Um, I'm vegan. That's my own protest. Uh, anyway, so I thought that it would be great if there was some way to get together really super wealthy people who are also into, you know, animal rights or. In anything in that kind of category, this could go in environment, whatever. Maybe Bill Gates can shell out some dough for this. Uh, but it's basically a a group that funds small businesses that are either in 
environ like good for the environment or maybe they're uh, vegetarian businesses. Uh, the magazine I work for is a vegan magazine, and they buy up all of the like old drive-through restaurants that have failed and use those to house businesses that are uh, that exist to help with animal rights, basically. And which made me think of it made me think of it because there's like by me there's an old taco time drive through dr- fast food taco restaurant and there's a KFC skeleton like two blocks away from it and it's just like man these businesses are failing I mean I live in Portland there's not a lot of people who would prefer to have that over the amazing food that we have here um, so yeah those places are going to business and it would be so cool if like the magazine I worked for, we had offices in like an old fast food restaurant. You know, it's kind of like the last little slap in the face to KFC. That <laughs> would know. be really awesome. I don't know. Awesome. There's, I, there's no way of really making that happen unless there's a gazillionaire that's listening right now who's just like, sure, have my money. Buy them up. Do what you will with them. Um, but yeah, that was one of my ideas. I, but I have another quick little idea and there's no way that this is going to happen because it would require, um, Kevin Klein, Sigourney Weaver, uh, (laughs) Charles Grodin, um, I think Ben Kingsley, uh, it's remaking the movie Dave with the original cast of Dave. Do you know the movie Dave? Yes. I was just thinking about, like, you know, everything that's going on with politics, and it's just like, man, it ain't like it used to be, and it sure ain't like it was in the movie Dave. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, Dave was kind of like a Barack Obama type, you know? He was like a community organizer and just, like, super friendly guy, kind of guy you want to have a beer with. (laughs) But, yeah, the movie Dave is great. And they should remake it with the original cast all in the same roles because, I mean, they were all what in their forties then. Been done, but wait, a has remake that ever been with the with, with all the original cast. Uh, I don't know. Wouldn't like, that be I so would be much fun? Though, very very interested even in like a shot for shot remake. Yeah. Oh yeah, like. Like the same. Yeah, same script, same director, yeah. same everything. Yeah. Yeah. Same boom mic operator. Sure, if he's available. <laughs> I don't know. He might be busy. He worked on the movie Dave, so he's doing quite well. He, like, can't hold it above his head as well anymore for his video. If, if anybody out there hasn't seen Dave, go, go watch Dave. It is so good. It's about this guy who's a, just basically a Joe Schmo, but a really nice one. He lives uh, in Washington, D.C., and he just happens to look exactly like the president, and uh, is hired to be, uh, to pretend that he's the president at one event, but just like walking down a hallway. But the real president gets into health troubles and they ask Dave to just kind of be there for appearances uh, so that nobody knows that he is in such poor, the presence of poor health. Anyway, I love talking with movie Dave. Um, so I could, you know, now that I've talked about, now that I've told everyone the plot of the movie, Dave, go see Dave and then get everybody to, uh, to remake it. Although I don't think that everybody's still alive, but everybody who's alive should get involved because it's a great, a great movie for you to make again. (laughs) Make America's movies great again. Like Dave. (laughs) That's like the perfect... Bottom of the poster. Make <laughs> That's America's the tagline. movies great, great again. Yeah. And then there could be a documentary about the making of Dave 2 colon Dave 1. Yes. <laughs> yes. I love the, everything about this. <laughs> uh, I love it. Hollywood, are you listening to me? Come on, let's do this. Let's make it happen. Um. All right, before we uh, wrap things up, anything else you wanted to uh, to bring up on this episode? No, I feel really confident about what we've shared today. 
I do too. If you want to follow me on things, I'm Spin Pixie. Yeah. On everything. Insta, Snapchat, Twitter. You name it. Uh, I am Crayon Wayans on Twitter. Uh, I've really gone off the deep end on there. It's real bad. And then on everything else, I think I'm John, J-O-N, uh, D. Richardson. And yeah, follow me, follow that. If you do feel like following us on social media, the podcast itself, it's great. I think it's great idea pod. Great idea. I don't know what we're going to do with stuff yet, but we have. Yeah. Is it great idea pod? I don't even remember. Let me take a look at that. I honestly don't even remember. Um, it's the kind of thing that... where it's, yeah, it's, yeah, it's great idea pod on Twitter and Instagram. Oh, thank God. Yeah. <laughs> I was holding my breath. <laughs> so, um, yeah, you know, check those out. Maybe we'll figure out what we want to do with those. Uh, maybe we'll just share on Instagram uh, photos of bad ideas in the wild or great ideas in the wild. Um, I have a few friends who are pretty good at whipping up cartoons. So maybe we could get somebody to, to do a little uh, frame of an idea that we had. We'll see. I don't know. You know what, listeners? Yeah. If you have you artwork you want to send do. us, send it to greatideapodcast at gmail.com. Call us. Leave us a message. 304-804-IDEA. And don't forget, if you are living in the United States and you've got a great idea, patent it at uspto.gov. That's the United States Patent and Trademark Office, uspto.gov. Uh you never know when you need a patent. Yeah. I don't think you need one to remake Dave, but you certainly need one for, you know, uh, the hammock swing or whatever else, you know. Mm-hmm. We can make it happen. All right. Absolutely. Louise, thanks for hanging out with me for an hour. Thanks for hanging out with me. And thanks for listening, everybody. Goodbye. Bye. I don't see it happening.